Hey, everybody. Uh, I got Nick on the phone with me. And Nick did the show, the free-for-all show originally back in 2008, 2009-ish. Uh, he was on a few episodes. He helped us record. He did a lot of work with us behind the scenes and during many episodes. Um, I remember a few episodes in particular, but that's another discussion for another show. So why don't you introduce yourself, Nick? Hello. Uh, it was actually 2010 we uh, started recording. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, probably like halfway through 2010. Okay. So how did we end up meeting? That's what I'm having trouble figuring out. I so, can't, I'm going back in my mind and I just can't figure out how we met or where we found, uh, that where I found you to come onto the show. Do you? I wanted to make a podcast and went onto a website. I don't know if it's still up called Podcast Alley. And, okay. Uh, I was looking for a co-host and within about four days of me putting up my first recording, uh, you messaged me asking if we wanted to merge podcasts. And then like a few days after that, all four of us were streaming and recording. Yeah, I think I only literally only recorded one episode before you, uh, you messaged me. And then we ended up recording a bunch together. Yeah, I wish we still had those old episodes, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got some somewhere. I've just got to try and find an old hard drive. So I've pretty much kept everything that I used to save on all those old computers. So, what do you what do you think... So, we'll go back to 2010. Although, I feel like what we did during that time was our second attempt at a show together. Because I thought... You, for some reason, I feel like you were on an episode in 2009 and I stopped doing it for a few months. And then I noticed that you had started a podcast and I had contacted you again to be like, hey, I wanted to start it up. Do you want to merge for some reason? And that might not be correct, but for some reason, that's how I remember it. And I remember one of the episodes in particular, my mic broke during the episode and you got while we were doing the show live. I drove over to. Radio Shack on the air and purchased a microphone on the air and then went back to the my house and continued the episode with the new microphone. Yeah, I remember that. You, that was awesome. I didn't want to go off the air, so I remember I called my, because that was Skype, and I had used, I called into my own show so yeah. that I could stay on the show while the computer was still running, while you guys could still keep talking. Back in the old days, using Skype to talk to each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> To be honest, I logged into Skype just to get the old logo for the show. That's the last time I used it. And uh, before I that, how I can't remember. That. Because it was the old, uh, I made it the Avatar logo. So I was thinking, I definitely need to get this somehow. Unfortunately, I recreated the 2008 logo. I had completely forgot about the 2010 logo. And I had found it on Skype looking for the older logo. And I was like, oh, I should have included that in the video because that's more authentic. The recreation one isn't the actual logo. If you look at the video right now, you'll see the newer one that is the one we used in 2010. And I want to say 2011, I used it. And then that was probably the last time I had talked about the show till recently. So I wanted to ask you what your opinion on, because we know it's been a lot of years since we've talked games. Yeah. What do you feel like the direction video games has gone and really in general society in terms of how it used to be when we did it and how it is now? It's 
a lot of it is cash grabbing now. Like a lot of games are free to play, or you have to pay the full price for them, and then they've got tons of microtransactions in them, and it just feels because of you're not you're, you're just not getting the whole game anymore, and it feels like that's just ruining a lot of the gameplay experience. Unless a lot of games that are single player games don't tend to have the microtransactions in them, which seems to be the only way to get like the full gameplay experience. Uh, you, if, and you if, know, it's funny because we had, we had talked about before we started recording that mobile's phones have, you know, smartphones came out in 2008. And you're right, a lot, even in 2008 and 2009, you could buy a game and it would be the full experience. You know, in-app purchases didn't really exist until I want to say 2011 when the bigger companies started doing it. Yeah. And, it and then it made its way into console gaming and now it made its way into the mainstream game, like games you pay 60 bucks for. But I, I do like the fact that a lot of games are going free to play. I don't mind doing in-app purchases personally on the free to play stuff because I don't mind you know, helping the creator. Yeah. But I do have an issue with buying a 40 or $60 game and then getting in-app purchases immediately. There's mm -hmm. no buildup. It's just right when you install the game, all of a sudden you get a ton of in-app purchases available to you. Some of them to beat the game quicker and others to uh, get their money and not really get you. <laughs> Assassin's Creed is what comes to mind. A lot of their in-app purchases are mundane questing that doesn't add anything to the main story so they're kind of pointless to play they just if you like the game you can play them they're not real good content that's worth diving into like the spider-man dlcs were but even the spider-man dlcs were kind of similar to that <laughs> but there was a little more there but it didn't add anything to the core game experience it was just cash grab let's get money see i don't mind dlc the problem that i have with it's mostly older games that I like going back to playing. Like I'm, I absolutely love the original Plants vs Zombies, and now if you want that for mobile, it's it's like a microtransaction nightmare. It's free to play for a little while, and then you've just got to dump a load of money on it. Which yeah, and then and then what happens is if you don't feel like dumping a lot of money, it becomes a huge grind. Yeah, and it's like just to get where somebody would have gotten with $20 takes you like... Yeah. I mean, other games, Fortnite, I think all of its uh, microtransactions is just cosmetic stuff, which I think is perfectly fine. Yeah, that that's actually... I'm glad that you had brought that up because when I was doing a few of my podcasts on YouTube last year, and still it's relevant now, and I think you're right, it kind of sums up the last 10 years. In-app purchases and loot boxes have kind of become an uncontrollable force in gaming. Yeah. And it was non-existent when we used to use our show. DLC existed, of course, but in-app purchases that, like, you throw $3, $3 there, $5 here, just didn't exist. It was like $20 chunks of content. Yeah. Then a lot of games, I mean, I play a lot of Dead by Daylight at the moment, and their DLC is, you know, like a couple of quid. And I think things like that are fine when they're giving you like new characters, uh, like extra perks and things. It's you know just a bog standard DLC for a cheap price. That I'm fine with. 
Same as like you mentioned with the Spider-Man DLC. Uh, I haven't bought any of those. Or I don't know how expensive they are. But if it's got enough content in there, then it's probably worth it. It does. I think you'll get a good four-hour, five-hour unique gameplay out of the DLC for the Spider-Man mm. in Assassin's Creed's. But then you'll get like maybe an extra three or four hours where it's repetitive stuff that you already did in the core game. And they just kind of copy and paste it over to like the uh, DLC. So it turns into, oh, you got to save this pedestrian. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do a certain amount of these same things that you already done in the core game in this. And we're also going to have, you know, new content for you to experience. Um, I don't have a problem with it either. I just think that there's a better way developers could go about it. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I think that they really focus on the core game and the DLC is just for those people that will, they know we're going to pay for it. And yeah. I don't know if any game was ever built on a sequel based on the DLC. And I might be wrong, but usually the DLC is just an extension of the original game that you don't really need to play. And if you don't play, you're not missing out on too much when the next game comes out. I remember Fallout 3, uh, when that came out, they had that they had a few DLCs that were really good, but that was because Bethesda got so much backlash um, previously in the decade with what they released when Oblivion came out with the horse armor, and they got so much hate for that that every DLC that came out you know, going forward was just pretty much amazing. I think it might have been Fallout 4 that I'm thinking of. I know that DLC was a thing even during the original Xbox days because I remember I had Battlefront no battle yeah battlefront 2 the original battlefront 2 mm -hmm. and that had some dlc that you could buy and i think even ultimate Ali marvel ultimate alliance 2 had dlc that you could buy i remember i know there was tons of it with the 360 i remember when it first started becoming a thing at least for me it was with halo 3 and i remember waiting up like for their time to put the maps uh available to buy and download me and my friends like camping out hugging around xboxes and tvs just to be able to download it i don't know if you played halo 5 but that was absolutely riddled with them for a lot of its online gameplay yeah i never got a chance to i played the master chief collection and then i fell off of gaming for a little bit mm -hmm. and then i recently come back but that was in the middle of the that was released during the time that I had stepped away. They've really buckled down on trying to earn money from it. You had to buy like these card packs that were random. It was you had to play ten games of Halo Five just to unlock one pack that I think only gave you a couple of items for you to use, and they were like one game items, so you wouldn't ever really get your time sort of the time that you put into it just wasn't really worth it in my opinion which is why i stopped playing it that's probably why it wasn't that that was probably the least successful of the halos oh, yeah. and i'm hoping that the new one that they've been hyping doesn't suffer from that same fate halo is a really good thing to talk about because it kind of chronologicalizes the show because i started what motivated me to do online content in the first place was red vs blue and how mm. popular that got on youtube back in the day 
and we were playing Halo all the time, me and my friends. It's similar to what your situation was, because I think we're from that same age group where Halo was huge. So to see it falter with the multi-transactional trend that we were talking about, it kind of it kind of sums up what's happened during the time that we've been away from making content. Yeah. I mean, I think Halo 3 was the thing that got me into listening to podcasts. So there was a podcast called Podtacular, well, it's still around, that just talked about Halo. And from that, that really sort of sparked my interest in being able to get out there and listen to people have all these awesome opinions. So yeah, that was actually my next leading question was, have you been listening? Um, how did you get into podcasting in the first place? And I think you've answered that. And that's, that's, um, okay. So the, everyone's got to meet you. And my my last question to you is how do they follow you? Do you do any content? Are you still in the game or are you just going to strictly stick to what we have planned this fall? Um, or do you have an, an idea of what you want to do also on the side? So I do actually have a blog that I post in maybe once a week. It's been a little while since I have posted in there, but that's because of I've had this whole like needing a job thing at the moment. Um, but people can check me out there at someherodad.com. Okay, so, so you you can you can post your blog over on the Discord. So. Okay. For everybody that's listening to this, join the Discord. <laughs> I keep promoting this hard because it's very important that if you want to get involved with the show, or really only at this point to even hear the show, then you have to join the Discord because we do it. We're literally talking right now. This interaction is going on on Discord. And this is where all of our interactions are going to be on Discord when we do the free-for-all show, when we're doing what I call free-for-all snacks, when we're doing all of these contents, it's going to be on this platform. So join the Discord. I got we got people that are friends of the show that drop their content as it comes out. If I don't, they do. And then now you can follow Nick's blog and you can keep up to date with what he's doing in his life. Well, thank you, Nick, for introducing yourself to everybody watching. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for the show. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm glad oh. to be podcasting again. <laughs>